Good morning. Welcome to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services along with Dave McGuire from the Roby family of companies. A little curveball there, Dave. Mixing it up. Mixing it up. Trent is away today, so uh, uh, the show should be much better, much more fluid, definitely more organized with Dave McGuire here. I've got my uh, notepad out here and my graph paper. We're good to go. <laughs> You're going to build a plan of the set here before we uh, get going too far? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, all kidding aside, Trent's away today, so Dave is stepping in. Dave serves as Chief Operating Officer for the Roby family of companies. Uh, Dave, you've been on several times here. I think you've guest hosted a few times as well. Uh, yeah, last time was pre-pandemic. Um, we've oh, gotten yeah. a lot more efficient with phone, phone calls and calling in on the show, so you guys have kept me at my desk for the last couple of years. So. Yeah, I don't know about <laughs> that. you got to take that one up with Christian. Everybody knows she runs the show. Um, That's right. But uh, but no, uh, Dave and I. Just to recap, it's been a long time since we've hosted a show together. And uh, uh, Dave, Dave and I go way back since uh, I started at Ferguson in two thousand four. Ferguson Enterprises, and Dave was um, already working there. And uh, uh, Dave came to Andrew Roby, and I followed him over. That's right. We've been uh, we've been tag- tagging along with each other ever since. <laughs> yeah, he hadn't killed me yet. Uh, I'm sure he's thought about it a couple of times, but. Uh, but no, I mean, Dave, tell us maybe what's what's going on. I mean, you're you're, you're a little more in tune to, to some of the the, the, the industry that, that I'm not. Dave also is rolling off of uh, the chairman of the board of Neri, uh, and so has a, has a real good grasp on the remodeling industry. Yeah, it's it's been uh, quite an interesting couple of years uh, in in the construction, especially residential, commercial, anything construction trades. Um, you know, it's uh, it's been good in the Charlotte market. There there is no short of demand. Uh, but uh, with if you're trying to hire quality people that are skilled in the trades, or whether you're trying to source materials, uh, yeah, the industry's been uh, quite had quite the upheaval. So we we're just doing the best we can with it. But we're blessed to be in Charlotte with such a uh, strong demand market. No, I mean, uh, amen to that, Dave. And our guest today is uh, Mike Persinger, who who is formerly of the Charlotte Observer sports sports section. Uh, Editor uh, extraordinaire, and, and uh, so talking about the history of Charlotte, it was funny. Mike and I were kind of shooting the breeze in the parking lot, and he hasn't been on this side of town in five or six years. And I'm not speaking for him; he'll he'll be on in second, third segment here. But uh, imagine coming, having we kind of take it for granted because we're here every day, um, but not seeing the West Boulevard corridor in six years. I mean, the amount of changes just in this area that, that we're sitting at now. Yeah, this 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 area of town, I think, is representative of Charlotte in general. Um, but just the growth and the, you know, the beautification of the city and and rehabbing old, older buildings that uh, Charlotte has not always had the best reputation for. But we're seeing that happen these days, and and this corridor, West Moorhead, Wilkinson, um, it, it's looking awesome. Yeah, I mean, what what a change. I mean, I, I, I kind of jokingly tell this story um, to, to, to people. When I first got, probably my first experience on the West Boulevard corridor would have been about my first week at Roby in 2010. And uh, Dave was giving me a tour of what was going to be the Roby Services office. And it, the portion that he was giving the tour of had not been upfit yet. And I think he'd, either you he, he probably told me that you were going to upfit it, but <laughs> I don't remember hearing it. And so we walk into this room that had gas cans and lawnmowers and, you know, just it looked like a storage shed for a construction company. No heating and cooling. And Dave was like, hey, your, your desk is going to be over there. And then he took a phone call and walked out in the warehouse. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I've heard of grassroots before, but goodness gracious. <laughs> hey, we want to make sure you, you earned your position. <laughs> but it, it, it all worked out well, of course. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even then, it's just crazy to think about the change that we've had on this side of the city. 
Yeah, it's nice to see. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, uh, we we love this area, and I think it's just going to continue to 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 develop. Yeah, I mean, it looks like um, you know Legion. We've had Phil Bushy on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, it looks like they're about to open the the nice brewery across the street here uh, from the Andrew Ruby office and across from WBT, which will just only enhance this area. Yeah, there's 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 apartments going up. Uh, the, the Legion Brewing is going to be a big draw. It's kind of nice. It's uh, across the street from the office. I think it's nice. It might not be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm, I think I know my wife uh, will, will will know where I'm at if uh, if I'm not coming home. But uh, now, anyway, it's gonna. It knows great, and we're seeing that. And if you're a business owner um, looking to you know have a have a business, whether you're in retail or, or a restaurant or, or whatever it may be, it's a hopping area. I think it's gonna. We're gonna continue to see people move in. No, I, I completely agree. Uh, before we bring Mike on, uh, Mike, again, uh, formerly of the Charlotte Observer and now a service titan, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about old Charlotte sports. You, yeah. you grew up here. You are a, a Charlottean, which is like a unicorn these days. 1980, 1983, we moved. 1982, we moved to Charlotte. I was four years old. I was born in '82. That yeah. means, yeah, all right, we're good. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite? If you could pick one, I know it's probably tough. Like, what's your most favorite Charlotte memory, sports-wise? Uh, sports-wise, wow. I mean, you know, the Panthers going to the Super Bowls those two times was a big deal. But I, I'll be honest with you, I'm an old school Charlotte guy. The, the Charlotte Hornets, um, you know, George Sin and, and that crowd, the 1998, the. Uh, the the excitement that came with that inaugural team and just the, the everything to do about going to those games, the, the, uh, the, the traffic jams going all the way out to South Boulevard and past, almost, honestly, almost a park road on, on game nights. Um, it was pretty special. When the Hornets won that first series in, in, uh, in the playoffs and Zoe hit that fallback uh, jumper, I guess, was that against the Celtics maybe? Uh, it was special, and I think that's even the Super Bowls and all that. You just couldn't beat that, that euphoria in the city back then. Um, it was pretty special. Yeah, I, I, I would love to learn more about that because I was not here during that time. I, I moved to Charlotte after school in 2004, but everybody – you talk to any old Charlottean, and, and that's the memory. I mean, yeah. the, the, the basically the, the intensity and energy that the Hornets brought to the city was, uh, was second to none. Yeah, Charlotte was different back then. I mean, we didn't have the the Panthers. You know, ACC basketball was huge, but you just didn't. It was our first kind of coming out as a, a major city. Uh, we were kind of like the the little train that could, um, and uh, seeing all that come together and having LJ and Zoe and Muggsy and that crew, it, it was cool. And and that's what everybody talked about. Um, so that's awesome. That's awesome. We'll hold that thought. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll have Mike Persinger. Now with Service Titan, talk a little old Charlotte history as well. We'll be right back. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services along with Dave McGuire from the Roby Family of Companies. I did that twice. I just think I'm so used to saying Trent Haston with the Roby Family of Companies. Uh, yeah, you have his uh, larger, balder uh, older brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this show we talk about hair on top of our heads way too much. I feel like, but uh, um, your forehead is bigger than Trent's. Uh, yes, I removed all obstacles uh, <laughs> to my forehead. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, well, Dave, we have Mike Persinger today. Uh, I think this is going to be a really, tr- a real, real big treat. Um, you at the in the last segment, we're talking about your favorite memory memories of Charlotte. You mentioned 
uh, the Hornets and, and the original Hornets and then just the buzz and no pun intended um, around the city. And, and during the break, Mike said uh, it, Mike was former executive editor for the sports department at uh, the, the Observer uh, and now is telling the story of the trades folks at Service Titan. But Mike, you said you had a really good story about about the Hornets. Well, uh, the Hornets was the reason I came to Charlotte. I was hired from uh, I first three years out of college. I, in 1988, when they started, you guys were very young, and I was in my second job in the newspaper industry. So I was I was already uh, already down the road. But the reason I was hired was because Gary Schwab, who was the executive sports editor at that time, wanted to create a world class team to cover the Charlotte Hornets because it was the first pro sports franchise for Charlotte. It was a new deal. We wanted to be like the big newspapers in the country in covering professional sports in Charlotte. And so he hired me away from the Palm Beach Post down in Florida, and I came up here. And I remember uh, the week before those two, the two new franchises, that was Miami, so I would have mm-hmm. covered that franchise, or Charlotte. And uh, the, the week before they were going to announce who the winners were of that expansion uh, deal, they... Uh, there was a columnist in Phoenix who wrote a column that said the only franchise Charlotte's going to get has golden arches. <laughs> and so that was that was sort of the lead no in. And so we, 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 we joked about that, the golden arches joke about Charlotte. Uh, so that's how much it's grown since then. But I remember the first night, the night of the first game at the Coliseum, the old Coliseum out on Tavola, um, the Charlotte Observer's reporters wore tuxedos. It was a it was a huge deal for Charlotte. Um, we you know we did some stuff that the Charlotte Observer had never done, and uh, took the Observer to places that it had never been in coverage of professional sports. And so uh, you know Rick Bunnell, who passed away last yeah. year, uh, he was he was one who uh, was there that first night and was in a tuxedo and covered that team from the inception through the exit to new orleans to coming back you know all those things so uh it was that was really the first foray that was that set charlotte up to be able to have the panthers to be able to have some of the things that there are now i still remember the 94 uh final four being hosted in charlotte and they basically built a fake downtown to host the final four because there were none of the bars there were none of the condos there were none of the things that are here now so it was really kind of embarrassing what happened in 94 to yeah. me as uh, the host sports editor, one of the people who was hosting people in Charlotte, to have them come see this fake downtown with street scenes painted on build, on murals. And You're I kidding mean, me. It, it was, it was, it was a different city. Yeah. It was a yeah. different city then than it is now. It's so much more vibrant, so much more forward-thinking and forward-looking than it was in, in 1988 when I came here. So... Um, uh, so a lot, a lot has changed in that, in that 30, now 34 years. So, yeah, yeah, it's been 34 years. So I was 10. Yeah. That, but I didn't, I didn't, re- I didn't know that about them, you know, kind of doing the fake downtown. I mean, I know they would have to, cause it really wasn't until probably the late nineties, early two thousands that uptown any had any kind of scene. So, um, but yeah, that, that, that's really funny. Yeah. They did it, that. I mean, none of the, most of the high rises were not here yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, uh, you know, just almost street, the streetscape that you have now mm-hmm. is so foreign to what it was at that point. So yeah. it's just, it's just a, a, great to see the growth. Yeah. Th- hold on. That's crazy. So they basically built like 
temporary bars and restaurants kind of deal? Well, they did some of that, but they also did a, a thing where uh, leading up from uh, where the Observer's Building was mm-hmm. at 600 South Tryon for all those years to where to trade and try which was the area where most of the people congregated the hotels were close by there the uptown hotels at the time um but there were spaces in between where there was nothing but parking lots and so they they basically took plywood eight foot tall plywood that's awesome. painted a streetscape on it and so that when you walked up the street you were on the sidewalk but there was this thing there was something there that wasn't a parking lot it was to block the the view of the cars, <laughs> so it was just an it was a, a different world. We should have bought all of those parking lots back then. Unbelievable, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you'd be and, sitting on a fortune and lake property. <clears throat> yep, that's right. Yeah. Well, Mike, that was a little bit of coming home for you. I mean, going to UNC. Uh, did you go from Carolina down to Palm Beach directly? You said that was your second job. I, I did. The, the I went from from uh, graduated at UNC on Mother's Day, and uh, two days later on Tuesday, I started at the Palm Beach Post because I had no idea that I needed to rest in between. Uh, at that point in my career, I was just ready to go, and uh, I had two job offers out of college: Greensboro as a writer, or Palm Beach as a editor. And I started weighing Greensboro and Palm Beach, and thought hmm, <laughs> Palm Beach might be kind of fun for for a you know twenty two year old guy. So I, oh, yeah. so that's where I moved. It's too bad Trent isn't here for this one because I, I think at this point he would tell you about the time that uh, remember when Andrew Roby did a project in Palm Beach for some long time. Uh, yeah. The Palmer Lee's down West there, West Palm Beach, West and Palm. He, and yeah, he stayed. Yeah, he it was it was probably what. He he made it sound like it was real taxing on him, but now that I'm thinking about it, I think he just had a two, uh, like a two month break uh, at the beach. I yeah, know. I did go visit. I, I can fill you in a little more on that one after the show. Um, well, Mike, I mean, you, you did doing what you did in this city. I mean, you, the the amount of growth we've alluded to that, and the the '94 NCAA tournament um, Final Four. What, what other memories kind of stick to your mind that uh, of the growth of the sports? sports uh sports side of the charlotte city well i mean the 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 addition of lights at charlotte motor speedway was a huge moment um where nascar could race at night i mean that had never been done they had never lit a a facility of that size at that point the only night race was bristol um and they lit a 1.5 mile speedway you know uh, out in out in concord and that changed everything because it it brought sort of prime time to NASCAR in a way that it hadn't been. And now how many night races are there? I mean, oh, yeah, they're, right. they're everywhere. So uh, so that moment, but the the funniest thing was they had a thing where Bruton Smith was going to throw the uh, a switch and turn on the lights for the first time at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and they had fireworks that were going to go off. So Bruton Smith throws the, throws the switch, and... The fireworks go off, and a, a ember lands on Bruton Smith's head. Oh no! And the PR guy who's right there beside him is desperately trying to put out the <laughs> this fire that is on Bruton Smith's head. Oh my goodness! And so, uh, but that you know, so there was there were all those kinds of you had to make a spectacle out of everything. You had to make some make it into something, just like making Charlotte into a streetscape for the '94. Final Four. So the the idea of it being able to stand on its own didn't come until later. Um, so you know the start of the Panthers, uh, you know being able to be there for those moments 
um, you know, when they went to the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. played in Charlotte against the Cowboys and went to the oh, NFC yeah. Championship game. And I was down on the field for that, uh, for the end of that game and the, and the crowds cheering and chanting and doing things and the energy. And so that really was sort of almost a coming of age for Charlotte when all of those things um, happened. But um, And there was one moment with the Panthers, or I mean, I'm sorry, with the Hornets, where that was different from the ones that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, December 23rd, 1988 was the moment the Hornet, those traffic jams you spoke of in the first segment, yeah. that's when those started. And uh, so, you know, that story of them beating the Bulls and Michael Jordan oh, that yeah. night, and that's what made the Hornets cool. Okay. And so they became cool on a Kurt Rambis tip in at the buzzer to beat Michael Jordan and the Bulls. And that was a real a real new level and it started that streak of I think it reached nine hundred straight sellouts or I, I mean it was that, a lot. I, I mean don't it was know a lot. it's ever been beaten before by another team. I don't I mean I, I wouldn't know but it I mean it was how many years? It was it was years. years. They led the NBA yeah. I mean one of the things that they said was, you need to put curtains up in the upper deck because you're never going to be able to fill this building. And then yeah. they sold it out for 24000 for all those years. <laughs> no way. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Well, Mike, you tell such a great story about, about the sports and the history of Charlotte. It's so fun to hear this. We're going to go take a break. We're going to come back and talk about a little bit, maybe a couple more sports stories. We're going to talk about what you're doing now. You listen to At Home with Roby. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm with Dave McGuire from the Roby family of companies. I, I think I did that one a little bit better. That was better. You're getting used to me. Getting used to you. Oh, man, come on now. I love you. We've been used to each other for a long time. Um, Trent is away today, so Dave is filling in, uh, doing a wonderful job as always. Uh, we have Mike Persinger here uh, of Service Titan now, but before we were talking about his previous life with the Charlotte Observer, um, went down a, some crazy stories that I have never heard about uh, old Charlotte sports, primarily uh, the Hornets and then the Panthers and, 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 and some NASCAR. Uh, but during the break, you two, Dave, you and Mike started talking about uh, the Ray Carruth deal and, and sort of how that story started, evolved, and where it is now. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of fascinated listening to you guys talk. You had asked uh, uh, Mike if that story won a Pulitzer. And, Mike, you, you said it was... It was nominated, but it it didn't win. Um, it's hard to win a Pulitzer. That's one of the things that in my career I I never got to do is win a Pulitzer for something that I had edited. But uh, uh, that was as close as we've come. Yeah, and Scott had a it, it was a series, right? So you had an initial story, and then Scott followed up over the years with uh, Chancellor Lee Adams and his grandmother San, Sandra Adams that took care of him, um, and it was. Maybe a year or two ago was the last story. He, uh, you know, Scott Fowler yeah. followed this story from from basically the beginning. He yeah. was around when when the shooting occurred. Mm-hmm. You know, tragic what yeah. what uh, yeah. Ray Carruth lined up, uh, and uh, and he followed that story with Sandra with Ch- with Chancellor mm-hmm. up through. You know, didn't expect him to live past you know, weeks, and then as he turned 16, as he turned 18, as he turned 21, Scott stayed with that story throughout. And then when Ray was released from prison, uh, he, he, you know, was the last installment of that. And we went back and told it in a way that we hadn't told it before. We went, you know, we interviewed, uh, we did jailhouse interviews with the shooter. We did interview, more interviews with Sandra and with, and with Chancellor, who has grown, you know, to be able to communicate in you know some over the years um we did you know interviews with the 
his his defense lawyer. We did interviews oh, yeah. with the with the judge. The judge at that point was was has passed away, but the district attorney we had, we interviewed. So um, we went just to a to a depth that you can't do, and you you know to really understand any issue, you have to look at a bunch of different sides of it, mm-hmm. and to understand you know to understand this story. Um, it it is a very sad story because of because Ray Carruth wanted his unborn son dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no way around being yeah. that blunt about yeah. it. But uh, the way Sandra has raised Chancellor Lee in in the absence of a father and mother, a traditional father and mother, um, is really inspirational because she allowed him to be as normal as he could be with the developmental difficulties that he had. So, uh, you know, we wanted, wanted to make sure that we told that story and were, were true to who Chancellor is and mm-hmm. true to who Sandra is because her forgiveness really, I think, inspired people to understand that no matter what happens to you in, in your life, you can overcome it yeah. and you can forgive people who have brought you pain. And so, you know, there were, that story resonated on so many levels that that's what we wanted to do is to bring it to a place where it resonated on so many levels. It's out in a podcast. It's out in print. Um, we've, you know, we've done so many things with that story because it is so inspirational. And so uh, there, there's so much good there from a very terrible beginning. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> had an opportunity to, to get to know Sandra a little bit uh, over the years, um, kind of through story looked at possibly doing you know in addition to, to the to the home back in the, back a while back about to be uh, more accommodating for for Chancellor so I got a firsthand opportunity to meet her and that, and that shooting is, is is close to me not necessarily personally but because it happened right outside of my neighborhood when I was growing up so we all felt you know really connected to I guess I was yeah, I was in college but uh it it was uh the, the grace um and just the love that she has uh, for well for Chancellor, but just for the whole process, um, it was next level. So, and, and the story and the job that Scott did, Scott Fowler did, and Mike. I mean, it, it, well, it I mean, I'm saying yeah. okay, I, right? I know you're behind the scenes, or we're behind the scenes with it, but uh, it was just such. It was excellent writing, excellent storytelling, just fantastic. So, um, it should it probably should have uh, won a Pulitzer, but uh, if not, it was just uh, wonderful. Um, you know, yeah. editing and writing. And stories, and stories so. like that are what you live for. I mean, there are only so many stories that are have as many facets and are as deep as that one. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've always told writers over the years, when you get material that's that good, that's when you want to edit the most, not the least. Right. Um, you know, I wanted to challenge Scott sure. on on that story to go beyond what he thought was possible and he challenged me as an editor to go beyond what I was capable of doing so that's the thing is you know there's there's inspiration on the writing side of that when you get a story that's that great so cool well to to change gears a little bit Mike I mean your ability to tell stories and your your, the way you uh, communicate and 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 you you give the descriptive details is 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 obviously you can tell that you're a storyteller at heart Um, but now you're telling a different story and a story that's extremely important to Dave and I in our industry. And, you know, we've been screaming from the top of the mountains how cool it is to be in the trades and how the opportunities are in the trades and all the things that you can do by being a tradesperson. And you are now with, with, in my opinion, the most progressive 
trades company in our business, which is Service Titan. Uh, anybody who's in our industry at this point probably knows who Service Titan is. Uh, if you haven't, you might have seen him in Forbes magazine where they did a three or four page article on the founders. There's just so much going on. But now you're getting to tell the story that we think's maybe even cooler than the Hornets, Dave. I, I don't know. And that's the story of the trades and what's going on in the progression in our industry um, talk a little bit about your new gig. Yeah, uh, you know, when I left the Observer, uh, you know, the newspaper industry was shrinking over sure. over time. I I just decided that uh, it was time for me to do something different. Um, I couldn't do the job that I had done in the way I had done it for thirty years, and so absent that ability, I wanted to do something different. I, and I wanted to do something that made a difference. I mean, I, you know, coming from a journalism background, making a difference in people's lives is, is a big deal to me. Um, you know, I don't want to do something just to get a paycheck. I want to have the ability to make some change for people as, as we go through it. So um, Service Titan, I, I, you know, got hired on with Service Titan. Um, my title is senior content editor. We didn't have a content division. Uh, until the beginning of 2020, uh, and a friend of mine, actually someone I hired at the Shell Observer in 1995, hired me in 2020 at Service Titan to that. tell stories. And uh, you know, my title is senior content editor, but when I describe what I do, it is I'm Service Titan's storyteller and I, the storyteller of the trades in a lot of ways because what I get to do is talk to contractors around the country who are using our software and sometimes who are not using our software about their businesses. And what I find, you know, interviewing athletes, one of the things that I love to ask was I, I love to ask what motivates you. Mm-hmm. And I love to ask what, what are you proud of? Because those are two things that, that get deeper into a person's psyche and a person's soul than just asking them questions about, you know, your statistics or, you know, how many free throws you made, those kinds of things. So, um, I get to talk to contractors. I probably at this point talked to about 200 contractors around the country and I get to tell their stories. You know, they have goals. They have things, you know, they're, whether it's the, it's a family business and they're trying to grow it to pass along to their children, whether they're trying to grow it and sell it to private equity, you know, at some point to set themselves up for the next stage of their lives, whatever their goals are, they have stories that they tell and, ways that they're going about building their business that are really impressive. I mean, and I think that contractors have a story to tell just like any athlete. The The story's the same. The statistics are different because sure. instead of talking about how many free, you know, their free throw percentage, you're talking about, you know, what's your booking rate? What is, conversion you know, rate. what is your conversion yeah. rate? What are, you know, what, how is your revenue compared Average to, compared to a year? Average sure. ticket, all the, all the things. So it's just different statistics mm-hmm. and it's, but it's a great story. And, contractors don't get the credit they need and i think we saw during the pandemic how essential contractors were because you know everybody's stuck at home and they you know they we they need to be comfortable they recognize when there's a drip in the faucet because it's interrupting them trying to work or you know if if they got a light socket that doesn't work and they can't plug in their computer to make sure they can stay on this zoom call for the mm-hmm. next you know however so people people really understood that contractors were essential to their lives. And I think it raised the profile um, because you guys showed up. Contractors showed up for for everybody in the, in, in the country, in the world for that matter, during a time when they really needed them. And so, you know, you deserve, contractors deserve a lot of praise for that. And they have great stories to tell. And that's what I get to do for Service Titan is tell 
the stories of successful contractors, of folks who, who showed up, of folks who did what they needed to do, and oh, by the way, they grew their business during this time because they were able to be efficient. They were able to do things that they um, you know, maybe couldn't do before. They were able to expand their business at a time when everybody else was contracting and the trades were trying to hire and are trying to hire today. And, and what a great career it is, a uh, great opportunity for technicians, um, and then to advance to the, the level you are with the, you know, be, being an operating officer and doing, and doing things, doing things different, differently than they maybe thought was possible. Um, doesn't take a college degree, doesn't take, you know, so they, there, there are so many brilliant contractors that I, and so many contractors whose stories have inspired me in the same way that Sandra Adams did, because yeah. they care deeply about something and they're working to make the world better. So, Mike, that's wonderful. Will you stick around for the fourth segment? Absolutely. You're listening to At Home with Rube. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick Pekasek from Roby Commercial Services, along with Dave McGuire from the Andrew Roby and Roby family of companies. Yep, throw them all in there. Roby Realty. You got a lot of you got a lot on your plate, don't you? Got the mountain office, mountains, Boone area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. don't talk about that enough, do we? Mm-hmm. And we have uh, Mike Persinger here that uh, just blew us away with with his love for the trades in our industry, which is awesome to see. I love it when I see somebody that is as smart and intelligent as as Mike is. It came from outside the trades, covering you know arguably the most glamorous industry in our in our in our society, professional and college and, and sports in general. Um, and then now he's into covering the trades uh, as Service Titans, you know, professional story, storyteller. Um, uh, senior content director, editor, senior senior content editor, senior content editor. But just to see his passion about what's going on with the trades gets me excited because we, you know, Dave, we talk about this all the time and all the different things that we do about how important it is and how, you know, my my thing is is people, you know, the trades aren't viewed as being quote unquote cool, uh, but guys like Mike and, and and Service Titan and what they're doing is is bringing this new exposure to the industry that is unbelievable. And so hopefully this, you know. What was uncool can be really cool, um, and if you were with us at Pantheon, Mike was there, I was there. It's a conference service Titan put on in Los Angeles um, last week. It's pretty daggum cool. Um, Mike, talk, we were talking a little bit the, on, on the break here. Talk, talk a little bit about the founders of Service Titan. You could probably tell the story better than I, but their reason for, for creating the company and, and a little bit of the vision that they have going forward. Well, let's not forget too. I don't know that we've actually covered what Service Titan is. It's a you know, Mike maybe can just do the brief overview sure. of that and then tell that story about the owners. Sure. Um, and actually, the the two are really tied together. Um, uh, Ara Medesian and Vahe Kuzoyan are the two founders of Service Titan. Um, they met at a ski trip in college, uh, and one of them was going to Southern Cal. One of them was going to Stanford. And they met met on a ski trip uh, for Armenian students. Uh, both are of Armenian descent, and both had come to the United States. Their fathers had come here, and their fathers had both started companies in the trades. And as they were growing up, they watched their fathers struggle. They'd work all day in the field, be in the truck all day, uh, serving customers. Come home, they'd have to do a dispatch board. They'd have to do invoices they'd have to do estimates all this stuff on paper that they that they weren't able to do so so that took time away from their families and uh 
And really the trades is an area where software and technology oh, yeah. for so long left the industry behind. We just got rid of flip phones like last week. <laughs> <laughs> so so R and Vahe got together and they decided we need to do something that helps our fathers run their businesses more efficiently to so that so that we can help them not have to do some of the things that they've had to do for their entire lives. But there's they went looking for something to try to help their fathers, there was nothing out there. So they built they ended up deciding they were going to build Service Titan. Um, started out in a in a room in one of their father's uh, shops, uh, and uh, they they wanted to do something that changed the lives of their fathers, and that's how really Service Titan's mission of changing the lives of so many people in the trades began. Um, they decided they wanted to build an end to end software that would do basically help run every part of a of a business for contractors and help them run it more efficiently, help them run it more profitably, help them make sure they were priced correctly, all, all the things. And it does so many things now that, uh, and they've built a product that really, I believe, is changing the lives of contractors across the country. Couldn't agree more. I mean, the, the amount of, uh, I mean, just everything works together. I mean, you know, e- even up until we were on service type five, six years ago, you know, you're working on like seven, eight different you know, you got spreadsheets here. You got this software there, that software here, this one over there. And it just ties it all together. Um, and just to touch on, on, on the growth. So they started it for their fathers. And then we just had a conference. It was at the LA Coliseum with thousands of, of customers as we, as we were both there, Mike, and uh, just the energy and vibe uh, in the industry itself is, is, is really remarkable. So I'm glad that the audience gets to hear someone other than Trent and I and Dave talk about the importance and 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 the opportunity within the trades. Yeah, and the you know the the inspiration that came out of that conference is really the product of Pantheon and the product of Service Titan for last week is inspiring people in the trades to understand what's possible. And so you know that's great to be able to bring that many people together and to help them build their business is just a blessing for Service Titan, and and it was a blessing for me to be there. Me as well. Me as well. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show. Dave, you did a wonderful job. Uh, Trent is not here, so I'll end how he ends. Go out and live the golden rule. You're listening to At Home with Roby. We'll see you next week.